0: All human thought, all science, science, all religion, is the holding of a All are us. Are we
1: the human because we gaze at the stars? Or, or do we gaze at them because we are human and the tree. Tree. When the stars were right, 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 they could plunge from
2: the, try try the world to the sky. But when the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die.
3: Find our published scenarios at starsarewrite.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today, we will be playing session three of A God's Dream from Cults of Cthulhu, written by Chris Lackey, Mike Mason and friends and published by Chaosium. Who are you all playing and how are you today, Hal?
2: I'm playing Officer Aaron Max, and I need to come up with a name for his segue, which he is going to be writing for the rest of the adventure.
3: Brayden.
0: Hey, Brayden, playing V. If
3: Carl Day
0: teleported to Antarctica with a spoon... He would have still had it. But if he time traveled there, he wouldn't have. Because it's silverware, not silver <laughs> when. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> what is happening? Do you just Google like time
1: travel puns or just <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: something you know puns?
1: It. <laughs> I should be doing that really. Oh my god. <laughs> I appreciate the effort that went into the setup, I have to say.
2: I can't even. That one's just, that came straight out of <laughs> left field.
3: Uh, Noxicals uh, <laughs> cleanse our palate.
4: Uh, I am playing Josh Simmons. And uh, one thing I've always said about Colday, he's a pretty chill guy. Because ah! <laughs> <laughs> he nearly died of cold in Antarctica. Oh.
1: <laughs> Lydia, save us. Hi, I'm playing (laughs) Professor Emily Strauss, and if we're going to Antarctica, I'm going to need my big coat. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Fedra, your keeper for the day. And why would you go
3: to Antarctica? There are no bears there. Is what I've learned recently No, I didn't learn it I uh, taught it recently
2: <laughs> I don't know if this is common knowledge for everyone But the name Antarctica literally means no bears land
3: It, it kind of means against oh, bears yes. It's yeah. against the bear That's land it. Which no. is Arctica Which is from Arctic. They went,
2: went to the bears? Arctic we yeah. like, they've got bears here Then, then they went they to wouldn't... the other cold place And we're like, were there bears, no bears. there? <laughs> no, okay, well we know what to call it <laughs>
3: Anyway, that's uh, my little piece of knowledge for the day. Uh, Lydia, tell us what happened last time.
1: The investigators are clearly not the first to have searched Carl's apartment. His laptop is missing, a key is found taped underneath furniture, and a sticky note half hidden under a shoe bears the word chase and a telephone number. With the sound of police sirens growing closer, the group struggles with the dilemma of handing over the evidence or helping their friend directly by doing the investigating themselves. Taking the key and photographing the note, they give their statements. Aaron reliving his glory days on Chicago PD while Josh smooths over any ruffled police feathers. Returning to Carl's office... They notice the CCTV cameras at the rear of the building have been spray-painted over. The earlier raiders are covering their tracks. Unlocking the wall safe, they find papers, cash, USB drives and photo negatives. The phone number belongs to one Diana Chase on Chicago's north side. Expert hacker V successfully guesses Carl's password and soon looks up his calendar. He was set to meet Ms Chase today. Diana suspected her neighbours, the Watsons, were involved in a property sale on her street, and Carl had discovered the Watsons and their estate agent are part of a local religious group, the Church of Perfect Science. On the USB are pictures of said property, decorated with strange runic symbols unlike any known alphabet. V and Josh have seen them before. They are linked to the worship of Cthulhu, a strange being featured a century ago in the horror stories of an insane writer named Adelaide Glifford. After an exhausting and worrying evening, the party returns home to sleep. Aaron is deeply troubled, and although he phones Emily for support as a fellow recovering alcoholic and his AA sponsor, he cannot prevent himself from pouring a whiskey. A call to the Argentinian hospital the next morning brings no update. Carl is still sedated, but the doctors promise to contact the friends when or if he wakes. A visit to Carl's ex-wife reveals he could not have been in either Argentina or Antarctica. She saw him the very day he was allegedly found outside the frozen research station. Later, Aaron receives a text message from a number with an Argentinian area code a photo of Carl in a hospital bed. This is no prank. Their friend really is thousands of miles away in South America. But how?
3: So, you've just learned some stuff and you have all this knowledge. and So much knowledge. So much knowledge and so little understanding. And
1: <laughs> that's all over really isn't it
3: <laughs> and now you get to figure out what to do with that bunch of knowledge and lack of understanding
4: yeah our, our obvious leads are um, Diana Chase and the house that he was or the, the houses he was being paid to look into by her right
3: and don't forget uh, in terms of researching like information gathering you can look, google stuff you can go to the library. You can do whatever modern people do, um, and you you can ask around. And the names you have are one four two four Brown Avenue. You have the Church of Perfect Science, and of course you have uh, the company that um, bought the place, which is called Global Realty. So those are all some leads you could uh, you could. Use modern ways to look into, and I have some information to give you.
4: Modern ways, you say?
3: Yeah, the right. modernness. The more futuristic, mm. the better.
4: I'm gonna flag down a newsboy and uh, <laughs> <laughs> ask him the way to, to the nearest microfiche. You there, urchin. <laughs> Pass me a VR headset.
1: Extra, extra! Blue is right here! <laughs> For a shiny penny, Governor.
0: Hey, uh, Josh. Yeah? You think this uh, church has anything to do with
4: those symbols that we saw? I, I don't know. They, um, they're part of whoever owns the houses, right? So, maybe? Maybe I should try and, uh, I'll try and look them up. And they will google search the church of perfect
3: science (laughs) nice it
4: makes it it makes sense right we're we're all academics we would totally look some stuff up before we went to talk to those people because that's the kind of people we are
1: yeah yeah Yeah. okay in which
4: case yeah i think we'd google the church of perfect science and we'd also google the name of the the realtors as well the the the, yeah
1: um, yeah It's quite possible that there is still a page on Global Realty's website about the property itself as well. You can research the property, yeah. Yeah. Like saying, is it vacant possession? Does it need work doing? All that kind of stuff.
4: Nothing says friendship like us all whipping out our respective MacBooks and ignoring each other for the next two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. (laughs)
3: Okay, so, let's go. Woo! Uh, let's start with the Church of Perfect Science. Info dump time. So, the Church of Perfect Science is widely known across the world. So, it's not something massively obscure. Uh, there's websites, articles written about it, traditional newsprint articles, there's some documentaries out there and everything. And you might have even heard from before that the CPS, Church of Perfect Science, has received a lot of negative publicity uh, recently, implying that the organization is a cult that takes over people's lives.
2: Do they have celebrities endorsing it? And do they have like a big cruise ship where all their top level members get to go? Like how how close an analogue of Scientology is this?
3: Well... (laughs) You have potentially heard in the past that the CPS has advanced alien technology that surpasses even that of the US government in its facilities.
4: Damn. So we've heard that, or that's something they claim?
3: No, you've heard that. Like from bloggers or from... Internet kooks. Um, I mean, that
4: be a, but that sounds like the sort of stuff that wouldn't come from a reputable news source, right?
3: Yeah, and also what you can tell from your research online is that the CPS is quite litigious. It's fast at throwing lawsuits to anyone who says anything bad about it online or in general. But lately, you can see that a lot of former members have spoken out against it, maybe in documentaries or in online articles. But all of the members, when you kind of look further into it, all of these members have been uh, relatively low level in the church. Uh, At the low level being called Processed Level 1.
2: Yes, this is straight up Scientology. Oh my god, do they call people suppressive persons? And do you eventually Mm -hmm. find out all your problems are due
4: to ghosts in your blood? Yep. Yes. (laughs) It's better than the haunted underpants I've been blaming. (laughs)
3: <laughs> um, you find a couple of documentaries and I can give you uh, some more information about what they say if you feel like you'd spend some time watching them or watching through them yeah probably
4: well, I imagine what V would do and I'm not, I am not—I don't want to speak for Braden but V is totally the sort of person who would watch them on YouTube at two times speed That that sounds good.
0: I'd say she'd probably wait till, like, she's meant to be sleeping to watch them as well.
3: (laughs) Okay, so you're not necessarily doing it all right now?
0: There seems like other things to do than watch, like, hours of documentary. I'll watch it later.
2: You can happily plop Aaron down in front of something while you're doing something more useful if you want. Um, He's not taking the initiative and actually i realize we've all got classic character sheets there's no computer use in sight
3: oh that's funny
2: um
4: because we're using the 1920s version so it's all library use and stuff some of us uh, might have already updated our character sheets to include computer use actually and you didn't say anything come
2: on man (laughs) i'm just going to assume aaron doesn't really have any he's you know he's more of a walk around and talk to well segue around and yell at people kind of guy
1: Emily's a total Luddite. She doesn't really get computers. Yeah, but computer
4: use is specifically like more than daily use of a computer, isn't it? Like everybody can open Windows and type into a search bar and those kinds of things. Because the standard base level for computer use is still 5%, as it has been since Call of Cthulhu was you know, publishing <laughs> books in the 1980s. Um So uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's supposed to represent sort of you know mad hacker skills rather than basic computer use. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean,
1: people didn't really have computers in the early '80s as a matter of course, did they? You can't
3: turn on your computer. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) turning the laptop over
4: and over, like, what is this? You've only got a 1 in 20 chance of being able to turn on your laptop at all.
3: <laughs> Sounds like life.
2: I, I dunk the mouse yeah. in my coffee. I'm confused.
3: You filled oh, it, with it with flowers again, with daffodils. <laughs> God
1: damn
2: it. I open it up and it's just a bouquet and stuff. Okay. I've been using it as a flower press, is that wrong?
3: Someone looking into the Church of Perfect Science, gonna get a D10 roll, please?
2: Go, Aaron. What, why me? I thought you were the hacker.
0: Okay, I'll do it, then. Uh, A
3: three. So, some of the past members that you see kind of, you know, zooming past clips, the former members have spoken out publicly about the beliefs of the cult and the notion that evil aliens, called the Old Ones, created humanity and another alien race, called the Enlightened and guided by a being known as Kutu, defeated them. Once the Evil Old Ones were defeated, Kutu's people went into a deep sleep, and apparently Kutu is waiting for humanity to evolve sufficiently to create a new utopia in which Kutu and the Enlightened will live with humanity in an age of everlasting wonder, prosperity and peace. Another person, claiming to be uh, an old member of the CPS, also said that the process they were going through to enter level 2 and 3 appears to turn people into emotionless zombies. In in a documentary, the CPS also uh, put out their own spokespeople who have reaffirmed, once again, that their beliefs are metaphorical which goes against what the former members have said, which is that their beliefs are, in fact, literal.
4: So the the, the main people, their spokespeople, are saying, oh, this is all a metaphor. But yeah. the former members are going, no, they totally believe in a, a magic space alien called Kutu. Yeah. Okay. How are we spelling Kutu?
3: K-U-T-U. Of
4: course, the classic spelling.
2: <laughs> so it's not like a U2 cover band. <laughs>
3: Kutu. <laughs> And also, of course, in your research you find out that uh, in Chicago uh, the Church of Perfect Science has a public facility called the Perfect Science Center on West Washington Street in downtown Chicago, and also has a private mansion on North Lakeshore Drive in the Lakeview neighborhood. So it has two locations in Chicago. When you're kind of giving up looking into the Church of Perfect Science, you also glimpse a very kind of underground article that talks about how the church encourages deviant sexual behaviour and then some pop-ups appear that uh, embarrass you and make you close your
4: laptop. it take quite a lot to embarrass V, right?
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) is it hot cultists are waiting to talk to you (laughs) online in your area
4: (laughs) please help me step cultist i've gotten trapped in this dryer
3: (laughs) (laughs) and that's what you get for now in terms of the church of perfect science were you looking also into global reality
4: (laughs) i mean i think i think we're going to split up right as in as in not split up literally but split up in terms of our laptops so, yeah, we'd be simultaneously also looking at Global Realty and shouting things back and forth at each other from the room. Research montage.
3: Okay. So, a basic internet search reveals that who's in charge of Global Realty? V was in charge of the Church of Perfect Science.
1: What what, what are the other things that we that we still need to research? There's Global Realty and...
3: The house
1: and the house. residence inside the house. Okay. Um... I'll do the specific building then, I guess, and maybe you do the the actual business. Yep,
4: yeah, I'll look up Global Realty then,
2: and I'll look at the residents because because I can hack into the police mainframe.
3: <laughs> can see you if know they're in the system. Campus uh, police right. officer.
4: <laughs> I'll run their prints from memory. <laughs> You might be able to uh, call in a favour and ask if there have been any complaints against these people, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, let's see what a preliminary search throws up and then if they're in like the local paper because of any kind of disturbance or whatever, then I can make some phone calls.
3: Global Realty, you find its address very easily on West Madison Street, downtown Chicago. You also learn that Global Realty has been around for 26 years and has offices in Chicago, New York, London and Berlin. And then I will like I would like a library use on a computer.
4: A library use? Check it out. I'm only playing a professor. <laughs> <laughs> it's your time. I, I, you'd think so, but I've only got 53, so that's not yeah. let's not get overexcited.
1: All
4: right. So... Uh, But that's a 20 on the money. That's a hard success.
3: Amazing. So with your library use, you find that the company has done a lot of business with the Church of Perfect Science. Makes sense. You can do further digging with either a computer use or an accounting role.
4: Oh, I can find out more with computer use or accounting. I don't have either of those very good. Uh, That was very bad grammar. I have neither of those skills at a particularly high level but I think computer use is better with a whopping 15. I'll give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? going to dust off my big big heavy new dice. What dice are those? They are dice uh, in Torched Rainbow that have just rolled an 89, so we might not want to promote it too much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, no, that's an 89. I fail. I don't find out any more. But if it's something that I think I could find out more, I might ask someone to help me or something.
3: Okay, yeah, you, you could ask someone to help you. You feel like you've, you find out, uh, in terms of searching for Brown Avenue, so the road there, uh, you can see that Global Realty has purchased the houses numbered 1422, 1423, and 1424. And you feel like there might be something else out there, but you're, you've hit a wall at this point.
4: Just, just from a sort of Google map search, are those three houses, I mean, are they joined together? Or are they just next to each other, but they're separate houses?
2: Or does it zigzag weirdly across the road, as the numbers might suggest?
4: Secret passageways. Are they are they arranged in a perfect uh, Elder Sign? <laughs>
3: uh... With
2: three points to it. Just if you use a lot of yeah, imagination. It's a
4: three-pointed Elder Sign. I mean, it's no more confusing than constellations, which apparently, you know, two represents an entire mm-hmm. crab or whatever. I guess what I'm getting at is are they um, ad- adjoined you know? Could they have bought the three of them to knock them together or are they, you know, literally separated or whatever?
1: You know they're separate houses. There's totally a secret passageway and a basement, isn't
4: there? Okay. So they're not they're not they're not joined, they are detached houses.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are detached. They don't touch walls.
4: Interesting. Fine. Um, so they're not making some sort of an uber secret base or something unless it's all tunnels it is still possible all tu- it's always tunnels maybe that's just a tunnel all the way to Antarctica <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of school kids he fell down like a massive slide yeah
1: <laughs> So researching the house yes researching the house and also probably the people the Watsons.
3: Yeah, you're doing the house. I think um, Marks, Officer Marks, is doing the Watsons. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
3: Uh, But for the house, we get two handouts, enjoy. You find two articles about that address.
1: Rockstar buys the most haunted house in Chicago. Residents of Evanston have long been aware of the creepy house at 1424 Brown Avenue. For decades, it has been regarded as haunted by not only the local children, but most of its neighbours, too. Now, Devon Razor, the well-known shock rocker, is moving in, adding further infamy to what some call the most haunted house in Chicago. Built in 1928 by Remember Fletcher, a widow and former resident of Massachusetts, the house first attracted attention back in the 1930s. Neighbours recall the property gained an unsavoury reputation, reporting strange sounds and coloured lights emanating from the house in the late hours of the night. It is said that in the winter, snow would melt around Mrs Fletcher's house long before the other homes on the street, while other accounts mention neighbours saying that the area around the house was always colder than elsewhere. In no time at all, the local children were spreading rumours that Remember Fletcher was a witch and that her house was haunted. Following Mrs Fletcher's death in 1958, the property has had a succession of owners, none of whom have stayed long. Missing persons, murder and suicide have all been attached to the house on Brown Avenue, which one may speculate as key buying points for Devon Razor, whose performances and lifestyle are known to focus on the occult. We can only hope that suburban life is just what Mr Raisin needs to finally settle down and age gracefully. Although this reporter, for one, doubts that will ever happen.
4: House of Horror Remembered Long regarded as the most haunted house in Chicago, the two-storey property standing at 1424 Brown Avenue in Evanston remains something of an enigma and a beacon for ghost hunters. With Halloween approaching, readers may recall the house's long and sad history the house built in
0: 1928 was said to have been designed by remember fletcher local folklore says remember fled massachusetts to escape accusations of witchcraft but it seems she brought her spell books and cauldron with her to illinois over the 30 years she lived on brown avenue fletcher's house was a source of spooky lights and weird noises and a place locals stayed away from lest they be cursed by a spell When Remember died in 1958, some said she had suffered a heart attack when summoning a devil in a midnight ceremony. Although the coroner's records are a little more down to earth, giving old age as the cause.
2: With the passing of Remember Fletcher, the house continued to have a less than happy history. Purchased in 1959 by Ken and Sharon Lawson, calamity came to the new owners after only a few months, with Mrs Lawson reported to the police as missing in April 1960. The loss of his wife is believed to have driven Mr. Lawson mad with grief, and he was committed to the Chicago State Hospital, better known these days as the Chicago Reed Mental Health Center. But even greater horror was to come. Just a few months later, in 1960, the property was sold to a retired school principal and his wife, whose fates would seal the house's reputation as a place most folk would want to steer clear of. As, in early 1961, the school principal's wife viciously stabbed her husband to death and then slit her own throat.
1: The house remained empty for some ten years until purchased by the Bentley family, who again found no joy inside its walls. Allegedly, the Bentleys fled the house after just a month due to a rising tide of unexplained events caused by what they said were demonic spirits. Again, the property stood abandoned for a decade, till, in 1978, a Mrs. Alex Bellington moved in, After three weeks, she suffered a massive heart attack and died. She was just 55 years old.
4: Given the deaths and misery associated with the house, the firm in charge of selling it needed help, as no one wanted to buy it. People said it was haunted and that anyone who lived there would come to a bad end, and the historical facts seem to bear that out. So, in 1980, Glenn Phillips from the University of Chicago was brought in to conduct experiments inside the house. The notable parapsychologist said, when contacted by this newspaper, that he had recorded a series of strange phenomena in the house, from unaccountable sounds and lights to sudden temperature fluctuations. He even described episodes of missing time, which even now continue to trouble him. Mr Phillips said he was glad to leave Brown Avenue and never return.
0: For the following 13 years, the house remained unsold, but continued to attract the attention of psychics, magicians, and academic researchers. While little is known of their findings, presumably as these amounted to little, one such researcher's fate was awful. Tina Yardley, a self-proclaimed psychic, spent a mere 10 minutes inside the property before dropping dead of a brain aneurysm. Following the unfortunate demise of Tina Yardley, Even researchers stayed away from Brown Avenue. But in 1993, Devin Razor brought the property back into the public's consciousness when he purchased it to hold wild parties and seances. Readers may recall the publicity surrounding the shock rocker and his elaborate and bloody stage shows. While Razor is said to have never made the house his home, he often spent time there with his friends and groupies. Accounts of these days in Razor's autobiography bloody Razors speak of weirdness in the house, but most significant is the musician's belief that he contacted the spirit of the house's designer, Remember Fletcher. Razor relates befriending Fletcher's ghost and that she would instruct him in the dark arts." Whether
2: Razor actually contacted the other side, or if this was all just another of his well-known publicity stunts remains to be determined. Either way, he sold the house in 2004 to Brian and Heather Jensen. Unfortunately, the Jensens, like many before them, did not fare well once they moved in. In December of that year, police were called to the property when the Jensens failed to show up at work, and on arrival, discovered a severed hand in the entrance hallway. On inspection, no trace of the Jensens could be found, and they remain listed as missing persons. Later forensic analysis confirmed the severed hand belonged to Brian Jensen.
1: Now, the house on Brown Avenue was quiet. No one lives there anymore, and none are likely to, given its history. So be careful this Halloween, and keep away from the house of horror. Tan, tan, tan. Why don't we get stuff like
4: this in my local newspaper? This is amazing. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. We've uh, got to
3: move to Chicago. Totally. Corroborating this evidence, you also bump into a. A news report for the day. Um, I just have a nice image for it, so I thought I'd I'd share. That basically says what the article said. And of course, more recently, you know that the house was uh, purchased by Michael and Barbara Watson.
2: Okay. Well, the only thing that jumps out at me, apart from... I mean, it's a lot of horror. Not that many common threads. But there was a relatively recent uh, hand-severing and missing person case in 2004... Aaron is curious about whether he could, like, you know, pull some strings and see any files about, um, as well as the current owners, just in case they. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll look them up separately and see if they're known to the
4: cops. How long have the Watsons been in the house? Do we know roughly how long ago it was sold? On Zoopla, whatever? Give me another
3: library use and I'll tell you.
4: Okay. That is a hard success again. That's a 22.
3: Amazing. You learned that the house was empty until one month ago when it was purchased by Michael and Barbara Watson on November 2nd. The Day
4: of the Dead. Just after Halloween.
3: Yeah, and uh, there's a lot more information that is not necessarily useful. I think um, you search around for the Watsons and they don't appear to have any presence on the social media. There are no criminal cases against them. They appear to be squeaky clean. Hmm. And there's not much about them on the internet, but you could go to the city records and find out more about them if you wanted to.
2: Yeah, I'm um, going to need Barbara for this.
4: is <laughs> my segue.
3: Okay. <laughs> that was your assistant.
4: <laughs> and, and, and also, conveniently, the name of the woman at the records office that I know very well. <laughs> She's got a face like a Segway.
2: Tall and thin with ears that really stick out. I don't know.
1: Yep.
4: And wheels (laughs) on her chin.
1: (laughs) V, who is this Devon Razor guy?
4: Oh, yeah.
1: It's not my kind of music. You must know him, right?
0: Yeah, I love that guy. I bought his last album. His early stuff was really good. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything I can tell her about Devon Razor?
3: You can make up as much as you like.
0: Yeah, I'll tell her about Mr. (laughs) Razor.
3: Mr. Razor and his work.
4: Please, Mr. Razor is my father. (laughs) (laughs) Uh
3: (laughs) So I know you wanted to kind of, you know, do this and live some of it for later to get out of the house and get to do other things as well but you have four people working at the same time on different things. So what probably happened was one of you was like, okay, I'm done, I have some stuff for later, but shall we do something else? And then another one of you was like, oh, one second, I'm almost done with this here. And they're like, all right, I'll go back to checking this, I guess. And then the other person was finished, and then they were like, shall we go?
4: And what we've done is, by the end, we've made an online mirror slash mural board with like loads of joined up Post-it notes, like some sort of crazy evidence wall.
3: Exactly, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and now it's it's dark outside, and you don't know where the day has gone, but uh, you definitely learned a lot.
2: Aaron has been on three coffee runs on a Segway, and uh, he is just like slowly melting into his desk chair.
3: You took the whole time to find out that there's no information about these guys because of your hangover.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and he is so bored. (laughs) So, uh, what does any of this have to do with Carl, I wonder? God, I wish Carl was around. That guy could have found out something
4: about these people. They're like ghosts.
1: Well, clearly he found out something, and that's why he's not here anymore.
4: And we're not out of the game yet, right? We can, uh, we can try City Records, or I mean, maybe it's just worth talking to this Diana Chase at this point.
2: I like that maybe. idea.
1: Yeah.
4: We should
2: go ring our doorbell
4: tomorrow. Is there any reason not to give her a call tonight? Do we have a number for her?
3: I mean, you do. It was under the shoe.
4: Yeah, <laughs> classic shoe
0: <laughs>
3: number. Yeah. What, what's the time? Uh, seven p.m.
0: Ah, oh, perfect time. Dinner time. When people love being called by random numbers, let's
4: give her a phone call. <laughs> Hi, I'm calling from Microsoft. There seems to be a problem with your computer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Aaron, uh, here. I'll start ringing and I'll pass the phone to Aaron.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he
2: kind of like listlessly reaches up and then tucks it into the folds of his neck under one ear.
3: <laughs> After a little bit uh Someone answers the phone. It sounds like uh, an older woman. She says, Hello? Hello?
0: Uh,
3: Who is this?
2: Good evening. I've forgotten the name of the... Someone Chase, right? What's her name?
1: Awkward. (laughs) Diana.
2: (laughs) Guys, I'm dying here. (laughs) People
1: whispering,
3: Diana! Diana!
2: (laughs) Uh, Good evening. Is that Mrs. uh, Diana Chase?
3: Who's
2: asking? Uh, My name is Officer Max. I'm a a police officer with the University of Chicago Campus Police Department.
3: Excuse me, what was that?
2: (laughs) I'm an officer with the University of Chicago Campus Police Department.
3: Uh, What business are you calling about
2: was just hoping you'd have a few minutes to answer some questions ma'am we are just uh just some routine inquiries about some uh, property property sales in your is that what we're calling about you guys are oh, jesus i'm tired
3: okay that's a fast talk <laughs> <laughs> but
0: he's what not the lying the heck
3: are you doing <laughs> i mean yeah, is this a is. fast talk am i lying you pretend to be an official business
4: but he is okay. He's—he's yeah, he's not. But he is a campus police officer.
1: Oh, he kind of sorta is. I mean, Cole was a detective.
4: Yeah, I just introduced myself,
2: like you with my real we're job calling title for
1: a routine inquiry.
2: I uh, guess. Come
3: on, it is a fast talk, you're trying to confuse her to give you information, you're not being like, hi, right. this is my personal business and I have questions about the past.
2: Well, you know damn well I don't have any fast talk. Let's give her a go. <laughs> don't fail me <laughs> now, fan roll give dice. Give me the old college try. <laughs> Too right. Fan dice. Oh, God. Use them
3: for your own fast talking.
2: I have got 5% in this, guys. My odds of succeeding are the same as my odds of fumbling. Is that the base? Yeah, the base is five, it's horrifying. Nobody can lie in the Cthulhu-verse. I'm a fan of how these dice roll, uh, but that's a 71. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, help.
1: For a moment, I thought you were going to say you'd passed.
2: (laughs) I wish. Yeah. Yeah. They are very pretty, but they did not get me under a five.
1: They're so pretty, but they tell me lies.
3: Is this a prank? Is this a prank? Who is this?
4: You can't be calling people
3: in dinner time trying to prank them. Josh
4: Josh is going to start waving his hands and like, give me the phone, give me the phone. I fumble it into your grasp. Uh, Sorry, sorry, Miss Chase? Uh, Yes? Hi, I'm I'm terribly sorry about my friend. He really is a campus policeman, but he's also... um, he's had a rough day uh, my name is Josh Simmons and uh, I work at the University of Chicago. I'm a close friend of uh, Carl Day who I believe may have uh, you may have employed him for something
3: uh, Carl Day well uh,
4: pr- private detective
3: yes uh, well um, I'm, I''m I'm not sure why you're calling me about him I'm
4: uh, it seems that uh, Carl has found himself in some uh, some trouble. He's unwell, and uh, we think you might be one of the last people to see him before he uh, got hurt. I-, I wanted to ask if you'd be willing to uh, perhaps see me and my friends tomorrow just to talk through some things. You don't have to reveal anything personal or private. We're just following up because we're worried about our friend. We play poker with him once a fortnight... He's a good guy, and um, we want to make sure that he's okay.
3: You can give me a charm roll with a bonus die.
4: Yeah, I can, because I'm a charming mofo.
0: Yes, Josh is great.
2: Thank God for you. I took the worst possible approach with this. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> uh,
4: that is that's good a cold, double cold. success. That's <laughs> yeah, a fifty-two and a thirty-two versus
3: fifty-five. Okay, he says a
4: charming.
3: Yes uh, I, I, I I'd be happy to help you as much as I can. can, can you please uh, visit uh, perhaps uh, to tomorrow 11 a.m?
4: Of course, uh, whatever time suits you. Um, would you like me to bring you a coffee or anything? What's your order?
3: Uh, thanks. Black.
4: Okay, we'll pick you up something on the way. Thank you ever so much. Uh, it really means a lot. Good evening you're welcome sleep well <laughs> or enjoy dinner or whatever time it is <laughs> have a have a nice food
3: <laughs> okay so i have set up an appointment uh with Diana Chase
4: and I will hand the phone back to V and as I'm handing it back to him, he'll be like what in god's name were you thinking handing him the phone in this <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: I just want them to feel useful <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I am right here Well, you really succeeded there Shh, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking about you
0: <laughs> Be quiet, Marshmallow
3: <laughs>
0: Oh god Okay Aaron, you just sit back down, you watch your documentaries okay? <laughs>
4: You watch your stories, okay? oh my god
3: Uh, would you do you have anything you'd like to do at this time or would you like to fast forward to the next day
4: yeah I mean I think at this point we've been in each other's space for a long time we're all probably sweaty and dirty and been living on takeout it would probably be good to go home shower and not see these people for a few hours (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. sounds good
3: okay nothing else for this evening
4: (laughs) You're saying that like there's something else you mm. want me to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm Are my you sure to you don't anything. want to burst into the house?
2: <laughs> She's probably oh, no, sat no, no. there with a timeline of like when Carl dies, like as a result of our inaction or something. Yeah. I'm scared.
3: Don't overthink it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> just do things.
3: Yeah, just do Ooh, stuff. But so but what
4: who, got, who got the um, who got the text message with the photo of Carl? Yeah, yeah.
1: That was Aaron, right? Aaron. It, was, it was
4: Aaron. Mm-hmm. Why am I the designated phone person? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a policeman, you sound official. That's true. Could you send a, a text to uh Dr. Sanchez? Was it Dr. Sanchez? It was. Mm-hmm. Rio Grande Hospital.
3: Well done. Yeah.
4: Could you send a text to Dr. Sanchez and check on Carl's status before so we can all go to bed feeling either happier that he's still alive or sad that he's dead? <laughs> Good plan <laughs> sounds good so that we can all get to bed I feeling something I, I can't live with Schrodinger's plot hook I need to know whether or not he's alive
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I, I do I apologise
2: for whatever time it is over there and uh, text Dr. Sanchez the,
3: you text the phone number you got the text from yes okay cool
4: okay sorry i will get
3: an answer tonight
4: okay it's going to tell out that's not the Doctor. It's going to tell out that's someone really creepy, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I, like, after I get the, like, scent, but a few minutes go by, I'm like, should I call her? I mean, it's
0: 10pm at least there, so.
2: Doctor's work shifts and stuff, right? <laughs> like, she could be on call or whatever. I mean, I'm just going to call her. We got to know, right?
3: They do prioritize answering texts.
2: Well, they... from
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: concerned family members. It's their favorite.
2: <laughs> they love I- it. I'm calling her. She can hang up if
4: she likes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, call, call her. She doesn't have to answer. We
4: could we could just call the reception at the hospital again and, and ask for confirmation that he's still alive.
2: Yeah, we'll call that Plan B. In the movies, they don't like giving out, like, information about their patients. This is real life, Josh. I mean, Aaron. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, know. Who are you again? <laughs> off. Chow- <Tony. and> <laughs>
4: Um, also in the movies, all the doctors still have pagers, so I wouldn't necessarily pay too much attention to the movies.
2: <laughs> well, I don't have a page number, so I'm calling this one. Ring, 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 ring. Wow, that <laughs> ringtone sounds just like you saying <laughs> ring, ring. Are you really
0: calling her, Aaron?
2: I'm trying to trick Fedra into giving me an answer. <laughs> making noise. You
3: picked up a spoon. Yeah, ring,
2: it's ring. not even a phone. <laughs> Hola. Uh, hola. Is that, uh, Dr. Sanchez? Uh, que no, 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 no
3: es, no
2: es Dr. Sanchez. Que es, es eso? Dr. Sanchez, uh, no hablo espanol, uh. <laughs> ah, jeez. Okay. I um, guess we should uh, call the hospital.
4: <laughs> con case, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: sorry. Uh, anyone know how to say sorry? No? Okay.
1: Uh, uh,
3: lo siento, even here. Lo siento, no puedo ayudarle. No, no, no soy con uh, señor, doctora uh, 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 quizá, uh, el doctor Sánchez. Quizá llama al hospital.
4: This sounds like it's going well. <laughs> 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 He's handed the phone to Emily, hasn't he? Yeah, good. Yeah. Take it away, Emily.
1: Uh, bu- bu- buenas noches. Ba- vale. Uh, adi- adios. <laughs> Well that was helpful. Uh, no, well, basically she just said she couldn't help us, she wasn't Senora Sanchez, and uh, yeah, maybe we should call the hospital. I don't think that actually is the hospital, I think that's somebody else.
2: Well, hang on a second, this is the number that texted me that photo of Carl? Yeah. Who is this lady and why has she got photos of Carl in a hospital bed? I'm calling her again. <laughs> no, don't, don't call the woman again.
1: And, and if she did send us photos of Carl, why wouldn't she want to talk to us now?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's going to be fine. Emily, you translate for us. we got some questions for this <laughs> part.
1: No.
4: Guys, stop. Ask V. It's quite possible again that somebody might have spoofed a number or something, okay? Yeah. Or maybe this person is just like, you know, Dr. Sanchez's cousin or something. Let's just call the goddamn hospital Check that Carl is alive and go to bed.
2: All right, all right. Just hoping to do something exciting. Just
3: <laughs> for one. Been a boring day. <laughs> Didn't you climb that fire escape like yesterday?
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Today's been <laughs> he has a write off <laughs>
1: now.
4: The, the adrenaline crash. <laughs> he
2: finally felt like a real cop uh-huh. again, like extremely briefly, and he, he just got a taste. Oh, bless him. <laughs> all right, I, I call the hospital then.
3: Yeah. They answer, they check the patient uh, records, and they confirm that, uh, as far as they know, uh, Calde is table.
4: he's a table <laughs>
3: <laughs> he 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 is he is table, not a table. He's like table as a as in state of being table. <laughs> he's got worse. <laughs>
0: yeah. oh my God. It's worse than we could have ever hoped for.
1: <laughs> hoped for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, this oh, is dumb.
1: that was your first mistake in Call of Cthulhu.
2: <laughs> okay, well we got our info. He's table, so
4: we can go to bed. Amazing. Wonderful. Fast forward.
1: forwards.
3: Okay. Next day. Now I think today hasn't been too bad, but I'd like another power roll from. Mr. Mark's here.
2: That's Officer Max to you.
3: (laughs) That is Dr. Max. For whether he drinks the drink again.
2: Oh, for real? But like, does he really need a hair of the dog? He was hung over just this morning.
3: That's how he lives, I assume.
2: I mean, he's been on the wagon for a while. How long? Uh... Well, uh, I guess he's supposed to turn in his chip at this point, but um, he was probably on like uh, 60 days or something before this, I don't know. Yeah. But he's fallen off now.
3: And you fell off the wagon, it and did. you know what happens, All it right. does, it's not like a...
2: Once an addict, always an addict, I guess. Fair I enough. I
3: mean, you can pass your power roll.
2: <laughs> it's true.
3: <laughs> you still have the option, Jesus. Can he? Can he pass his power roll?
2: Um, that's a uh, 42 over 40.
3: Do you want to spend two luck? Oh my god! You should not drink. I've
1: got sixty-four you can luck. Phone Emily again.
4: Do you want to spend two luck, or do you want to turn up, or do you want to turn up tomorrow hungover? <laughs> yeah. And the important meeting with the lady you've already creeped out.
2: Exactly. I feel like I've already had a day of uselessness. I'm going to spend the two luck, and shall how, we say?
3: How does luck serve you to not have a drink?
2: Let's say he's reaching for the bottle, like he's. He's going for like his little like wherever he left it yesterday. Like get home, you know, chuck off shoes, and then he heads straight for it. Um, but he's pulling out his phone with the other hand because he's still confused about how, like how this random Spanish lady is sending photos of cars. Doesn't make any sense, damn it! And uh, from his like messaging app, he accidentally tabs into call history, and he sees Emily, his sponsor, like right up there in starred contacts. And then he, like, sighs and stops and hits the call button, like, closes his eyes and braces to tell her that he's fallen off the wagon again.
3: All right. And it's the next morning, and you've all been doing a bit better. It hasn't been too traumatic a day, although you've learned a lot that is kind of going around in your head. And you make it to... 1425 Brown Avenue, you knock on the door and a woman in her 60s with kind of well-coiffed hair atop of her thin face answers the door and invites you in. I'm going to share an image with you.
4: Will she look more like a deep one or more like a weird pigman? (laughs) 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 <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and she invites you inside you sit on the sofa she sits down with you
0: oh my god she's so dark and brooding looking
1: mm.
3: she thanks you for her dark coffee and then she sighs and she says let me tell you about when i first employed carl day and then this is where we're going to end. No! <laughs> this brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Brayden, Noxicals, Lydia Hull, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You've all been the best. And a big massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, please consider joining us over on Patreon.com for us last as a right, where you get access to episodes a week early. What's that? We have a new patron on board? That's right. Thank you so much for your support, Isla Kennedy. May the omens be ever in your favor. And don't forget, you can get 10% off your first purchase on kiosium.com using the code STARS10. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our cult, elder, and avatar-tier patrons. They get access to behind-the-scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsaride.com and in the description of this episode. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, I'd like to urge our lovely fans to leave us a review and let us know what you think. Reviews help us reach more people and give us that extra boost of enthusiasm to keep doing what we love. You can find all the places you can review us at startsaright.com forward slash reviews. Thank you.